Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. It is draft day. Finally. God. Comes once a year. Here it is. Some are more exciting than others, depending on the state of your team and the state of what type of draft pick you have. But I think this is a pretty exciting time to be an Atlanta Falcons fan. And Nick, after preaching doom and gloom for the past 18 months or so, we promised that the Falcons 2023 offseason was going to be a lot more fun. And so far, it has been. And I'm looking forward to the draft in the top 10 tonight, Nick. I am too. I'm curious to see how it plays out. It seems like there's, you know, little tidbits coming out here and there. It sounds like, I think Peter Schrager today said there's good chance Sam Laporta goes in the first round. Um, some teams absolutely adore him. Tight ends could be flying off the board. Jameer Gibbs has, has like penciled in with a bunch of the teams in the back end as well. So I'm excited. Top 10 is going to be crazy as well. Seems like even the experts this year don't really have an idea of what's going on. And you got to love the intrigue. I feel like it was like 10, 15 years ago, like the picks were being tipped and everybody's like, okay, we're going to know what it's going to be in the top 10 pretty darn well. There'll be a few surprises here and there. But this year, after the first pick, who the hell knows? (laughs) And even then, the first pick could still, we feel pretty good about Bryce Young being the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers, but that could even change possibly. It's, Um, It's crazy. I feel better about like the order of three of the top five picks in 2024 right now, then I do the top four or five in this draft. <laughs> I swear to God, like next year for sure, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. And Drake may like uh, maybe, maybe some of those offensive tackles too. But like this year, because of the Jalen Carter stuff, because of Will Anderson size and Ben, because of Tyree Wilson medicals and like overall play. I mean, who the hell knows the erratic play of your best tooled quarterbacks. Yes. You know, it's it's all of those things. The S2 um, of Stroud and the pocket manipulation of Stroud. I mean, just, God, I love the draft. Chaos. Give me all the yeah, chaos. I, I am excited. And just a little programming note before we get too into this. We will be live on this channel tonight at 8 o'clock. So 8 o'clock Eastern. Nick and I will be here. We're going to go through the top 10 picks. And then we'll sign off and hop over to Mile High Huddle. But we will be on this channel, on these channels. So if you're watching it on uh, Atlanta Falcons fans on All Falcons or Scott Kennedy Sports, or youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy, or Nick on Twitter. We will be on all of those channels again tonight at 8 for the top 10, and I'm really looking forward to it. But let's say hello to some folks that have come in here early. Michael Ranquillo getting us kicked off. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick. It's NFL Draft Day. Yes, it is. Good luck to the Atlanta Falcons on NFL Draft Day. Good luck to everybody. You know, most of the time people are pretty happy coming out of the draft, but not always, obviously. Gatorade Gaming. Coming in over on YouTube says, good morning, Nick and Scott. What's good, Falcons fans? Um, you know, it's not good, and that's, we're going to get into it. There, there seems to be one player. 
Falcons fans are pretty copacetic this year. You know, there, there's no Matt Ryan this, Matt Ryan that. You suck. I suck. We all suck. There's one guy that is bringing out the vitriol, the anger in Atlanta Falcons fans right now, and it's B. John Robinson. Whatever you happen to think, if you post it publicly, you're a moron. You're a moron for not thinking you should take a running back at eight, and you're a moron for thinking that there should be any other pick but Bijan Robinson. So this is the one. We'll get into it, the pros and cons and, and what we happen to think on these players. Uh, Jeremy Sean coming in. Happy draft day. Good luck, Falcons fans. Roderick Cook coming in. It says, afternoon all. That's uh, that's Kyle Michael. Thank you. Same to Broncos. You know, we, again, we do a lot of crossover work. So the Falcons and Broncos aren't exactly natural rivals, despite that sup- that Super Bowl. That, that, that was long gone. And that wasn't, again, that wasn't anything about the Broncos. That was more about Falcons fans being disappointed in Falcons. It didn't have anything to do with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Now we want to talk Saints. We'll get a little, a little more anger in there. Um, you know, one of the questions um, asked, you know, do you want Bijan? And we'll get into this just a little bit here shortly before we start breaking in and we'll do a quick mock draft to finish too. Alan says, good morning. Good morning, Alan. Uh, and Kevin Spires is kicking us off on you on Facebook. We don't need likes on Facebook. I'm gonna have to go like myself over here or what? Um, so that that will come. Uh, good morning, friends. Happy draft day. My wife's making me crab legs, shrimps, and hot wings for the draft. Man, you married right? That's for you sure. Yeah, keep her. Yeah, God. God yeah, you married. Awesome. You married right. Um, yeah. And Alan says I I I forgot this, forgot about the show this morning. That's okay. That's why we want you to subscribe. Hit the subscriptions. Hopefully, you get the alerts and you're like, oh yeah. Um, you know, and I'll post it on Twitter too, before we get started. Um, but Nick, you know, I posted yesterday, I, I ran a, a mock draft where the Falcons traded down and took Bijan, I think at 13. And I said, if the Falcons are serious about taking Bijan Robinson, I want it to look something like this. And very few people even noticed the fact that I traded down and picked up a second and a 2024 fourth. So I ended up getting... B. John Robinson and Keanu Benton and a fourth round pick for the number eight overall pick. If the Falcons are serious about tra- taking B. John Robinson, I want them to do something like that. I want them to come backwards a few spots. I don't want them to take a guy, uh, a player at eight. I understand. I get it. You know, best player available. He might be the best player in the whole damn draft, Nick. Um, yeah. He can make an instant impact. He's probably the most surefire instant impact player in the NFL draft. Um, uh, going to a system where he would his talents could be maximized with the Atlanta Falcons. It makes a lot of sense. So you start getting into the longevity and the cost savings or not. When you're taking a player that high, there are no cost savings. So you talk mm-hmm. about rookie cost control contracts. There are no cost savings. He would be a top 10 paid running back in the NFL the minute he was drafted. But throw all that out and, you know, it makes sense for the Falcons to go Bijan Robinson. I just want them to come backwards to do it. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday, two days ago. Who knows what about the Falcons taking him at eight? And it's like there's a list of like five positional players, maybe even six if you throw want to throw in Skaronsky that like I would take before Bijan. And if uh, you want to take Bijan there, the, the slight trade back to. 12 through 18 uh, makes the most sense if he's still your guy. And at that range, I get it. Uh, but over some of those other guys, and we might as well lift the, list them, you know, Tyree Wilson, uh, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, both the cornerbacks and Devon Weatherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. And 
Peter Skronsky is on the cusp for me. I'm typically a position of value guy, but because he can play all five spots and just where this Falcons team is at, I love the idea of completely rounding out uh, that unit there. So Bijan would be incredible. He would give Desmond Ritter literally practically no excuses for his play this season. You'd have a very clean idea of what he is as a player. If you had that level of pass catchers and what the offensive line looked like last year. And one of the more quarterback friendly uh, offenses in terms of the, the reads and everything. So yeah, I, I would totally get it with Bijan. He's a really special talent. I don't think he is the best running back prospect I've ever seen uh, covering the NFL draft. That's still going to be Saquon for me. Saquon was bigger, faster, more explosive. I had Adrian Peterson. That was a little bit before my draft. <laughs> I knew of him. Uh, so but Adrian Peters, bit... I had Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Saquon, too, is that he's such a good pass catcher. I mean, he had like 70 catches his rookie season or something insane. But he, uh, yeah, Bijan's a really special talent. Uh, if you ended up taking him, you are you're on the clock. And you mentioned about the tearing up the advantage of the rookie contract. I mean, he's already going to be paid like a top player. The other thing you're tearing up when you are taking a running back in the first round is that fifth year option. It's cheaper to not exercise that and put the right. franchise tag on them than it is to use that fifth year option on them, which is fine. I and mean, we just saw yesterday yeah. which Chase Young didn't even get it, but it's something that is a potential bonus for those first round picks to have that extra ability to have that extra year of control. And it means you couldn't use the, the franchise tag somewhere else if you needed it, mm -hmm. um, if you needed to do it. So um, some questions coming in here for sure. Uh, Jeremiah, I don't get tired, Kinlaw. Good for you, man. I'm always tired. Maybe I don't. Maybe this is just what normal feels like and tired feels really bad. because I'm, I'm always tired, dude. <laughs> I, I need to hang out with you and, and, and figure out what you're doing. He says, uh, Mel's mock has us taken Tyree Wilson at eight. How likely do you think this is to happen? He'd be my pick. Um, there's, you know, Nick just mentioned five guys, five positional players that I would take six, who's Ish. the six? Cause for me, the five that I would not move down from if one of them are there are Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Devin Witherspoon and Christian mm -hmm. Gonzalez. Yeah. I said Skaronsky's like on the cusp. Skaronsky, I would move. I, 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 if I had to stay there and those guys were gone, I might go that direction with Skaronsky, yeah. but I would just as soon move down then. Um, yeah, it, 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 it depends on who you look, Jeremiah. Um, Daniel Jeremiah has Tyree Wilson going nine. So PFF has Tyree Wilson all the way in the twenties. Mel has Tyree Wilson available at eight. I've seen Tyree Wilson going as high as two. Mm -hmm. I still don't think that will happen. I don't think he's going to be there, but some guys that have been doing this, well, as long as I have at this point <laughs> or, uh, you know, do this full-time completely they think that Tyree Wilson has a good chance of being available and if Tyree Wilson is available I don't want to come out of the eight spot I want Tyree Wilson yeah and it makes me wonder I think it was I don't want to misquote or anything like that I believe it was god I don't know if somebody mentioned that Tyree Wilson maybe had a medical uh kind of thing come up not a big deal but enough that it's like sometimes like uh maybe uh, that that maybe that's what's causing that slide because he had been pretty consistently top five mm -hmm. uh, out there. But if there's something medical, you could see him drop, you know, five, you know, four or five picks. So we'll be interesting. I think Tyree Wilson is probably the most ideal prospect for the Falcons because you don't have anybody close to him. And Ryan Nielsen loves those elephants uh, at edge. I mean, the, the absolute monsters. I mean, Logan Hall, Marcus Davenport, uh, Cam Jordan, I mean, keep those are going because there's one that's been tantalized that's been that's been torturing the Falcons for 15 years, and that's Cam Jordan. Yeah, Cam Jordan is, and Cam Jordan was available 
when the Falcons traded out of their spot just the one pick to get to move up and get Julio Jones, it was like a 22nd or 23rd pick. Cam Jordan was available at like 25. Yep. I've argued, forget the other four picks they've given up, they gave up, but I've argued that Cam Jordan would have been a better pick for the Atlanta Falcons in that team and where they were than Julio Jones. Never mind. Cam Jordan. He hits Atlanta Falcons fans a lot of different ways because he he likes to needle the rivalry too. He has some fun with it, but yeah, Cam fits that mold for sure. Yeah, so just those big, huge, powerful uh, ends. Those not those you know outside linebacker pass rush types, which the Falcons seem to be littered with right now. Also, like day two of the draft is littered with those guys. It makes me curious about you know round three for the Falcons if they don't get a Tyree Wilson, maybe somebody like a Zach Harrison uh, really stands out uh, for me at that spot. Maybe if Keon White falls to the second round. Uh, but I digress. I think that the, uh, the Falcons don't have that kind of guy in Tyree Wilson. I, I'm with you. He, I have Will Anderson over him just because I think Will Anderson's more of a sure thing. Also love the character stuff with Will Anderson. Uh, but Tyree Wilson, just for the fit, makes all the sense in the world for this Falcons team. Again, any of those five, I'd be happy to not trade down that I mentioned just a minute. And Chris, we're not trading Chris anywhere. Thank you for being here, sir. Uh, Michael has a good question. He says, I think trading back with the Titans at number 11 is better, but do you think risk losing Bijan to the Bears or Eagles? I don't think the Eagles are going to take them. And for, for my point, the reason why you trade down is because you're okay with that risk. Mm-hmm. If you're absolutely, this is our guy, then it's this. Then it's what Ryan Adonis says. It's Bijan at number eight. Thank you and good night. For me, though, it's not this is our guy. I look and see if those guys are gone, because those are my guys that I would take that I've mentioned. I don't need to say them again. I see another tier of eight players that I'd be satisfied with. And if that's the case, I can move down. Okay, well, I, I moved down and someone took someone took B. John Robinson. Okay, well, I'll take Nolan Smith at 13. Uh, you know what? I, I traded down to 15. I'll take Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers. Or I'll turn a, 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 I can get one of the offensive linemen. I can do all of those things. I can maybe trade down again and get Joey Porter Jr. and another two second round picks. Or a package them together for next year's number one. I can do all those things. So for me, Bijan isn't a must have. There are several players that I would be very happy with the Falcons to get, but if it weren't one of those five, I don't know that there's any one of them. I want at eight. I want them at 13 at, at 14. And I want a couple more premium draft picks. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. If, if it's, if you're worried about Bijan being sniped by somebody else and he's your guy, then you take him at eight. You take him. Uh, you I don't know if it's the best. Him. Yeah, I don't know if it's the best process. You know, given the uh, volatile nature of the running back position, I mean, those guys get injured and then one big injury and it's over. Uh, you can say that for any position, but for running back specifically, with how short their shelf life is, how much that you know those knees matter for that position would be interesting uh, to sit there and take that guy. I haven't seen one. I I was curious when we'd see another running back taking the top ten. And Bijan is kind of a litmus test there because you're not going to see many prospects better than him if he goes if he doesn't go in the top ten. I don't know when we're going to see another It's going to be a long time before one goes again, ever goes again in the top 10. I agree. Um, Because this isn't a great, this isn't a top heavy draft and he is a great running back. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Well, there you go. But again, it's a longevity. Hmm. I get a guard. I can have a guard for a decade and a half. If I had a linebacker, I could have for 10 years. I could have a wide receiver for 10 years. I get a running back that I use effectively. I might not want to give him a second contract. 
Yeah. Um, and it's not even that. I know we want to get to Jason, but there's even more factors that I think are worth mentioning. Uh, we talk a lot about impact versus scarcity uh, impacting value, and running back is one where scarcity is not a problem. Uh, right. Every single year, you I mean you saw it last year, Tyler Algier in the fifth round. There's a fifth rounder every single draft, fourth rounder every single draft that becomes a very good running back. Uh, so that's a big, uh, big part of it as well. And God, I had one more point, but the, the, just the scarcity of the position is lacking. So because of that, you can find guys and you don't have to spend that premium resource on it. And that, that's the thing. When we start talking supply and demand, the demand is low and the supply is high. So why am I spending high prices? Yeah. Yep. You know, oh, I thought about last he time. is because he is that good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's a, he's the, uh, I wanted to start saying trucks, you know, that there's more trucks on the road than anything else in the U S but they still get $80,000 for a Ford King ranch or, mm -hmm. you know, a Raptor. But I didn't want that to go over too far over everybody's head. When I started talking like Dodge Ram TRX and it could go, what is that a Pokemon? What, what is Kazoon that? Tight. Is that? Is that a hiking gear? That must be the new Arc'teryx jacket. <laughs> yeah. um, well, that, that TRX will get you up the mountain and back down if you wanted to. So, um, I thought the last point about the running back as well. Teams have gone so far away from the bell cow. It is, I think there was only three backs last year that had a thousand yards or something. It's just become such a committee position that spending that level of uh, premium on a non-impact position that's now become rotational committee is another factor that it's like, okay, well, would you rather have one alpha or two, you know, two really good B plus backs that complement each other. And what's interesting, Nick, you make a great point is people talk about an interior defensive lineman in the same manner. Why would you use that? You know, the, the same people that would want B. John Robinson, Ryan Adonis, I'm not talking about you, um, would say, you, you, no way do you take Jalen Carter. He's only on the field for half the time. There's 80 offensive snaps and you might get 20 touches. You're only going to get your, your, your running back a quarter of them. So yeah, Nick says... Uh, if Nick can talk Pokemon, Scott can talk trucks. I can talk cars. I, I'm a big fan of cars and the engineering and, and stuff behind them. Um, Kevin says two B plus backs. You know, my, my point is, is the Falcons don't need an elite running back to have an elite running game. Now, I might be selling Tyler Algier short. I think he's pretty darn good. You know, um, I loved him. But, you know, I can, I can go into next season with Tyler Algier and Kenny McIntosh with Devon A-Chain, with uh, Tank Bigsby, you know, with with guys that I could draft. Oh, yeah, there's Cordell Patterson there, too, who could get six to eight carries out of the backfield. So um, lots of things to do. So go get a power wagon, Scott. I saw one of those last week. Those aren't something you see very often. The very first power wagon I saw, if anybody remembers the old show Simon and Simon, way back when, it was a, it was a, it was a couple of brothers that were private detectives in the Magnum PI era. They had a power wagon. And I always thought that was so cool. Um, and and Makey Fumble says, if the corner isn't there, go guard. And I like the guard with tackle ability. But that said, if I hit on a Chris Lindstrom, I'm okay there too. So if Skaronsky ends up being a left guard Chris Lindstrom, he can stay at left guard for the next decade as far as I'm concerned. Especially right. in this draft. We've got about 10 minutes. You want to run through a quick, uh, our quick it. and final seven-round mock draft, everybody. And just a reminder... Uh, a great way to support the show is YouTube Super Chats and Facebook Stars, wherever you are watching. It is set up to do both, so uh, appreciate your support in that regard. Let me go to the PFF Mock Simulator. I know we can get Tyree Wilson at 8 because they don't like him at all. That's like a cheat to me. Um, so I might 
not take him even though he's there <laughs> or I might just take him say because this is a guy I want but I, I think he's going to be available 100% here unless I knock it down I'm going to go more towards the public board more towards positional value draft for need no randomness yes let me share that screen um and, and riot 7325 says if, if CJ Stroud falls to eight take him it's a possibility uh, you know, it would have to be a dream scenario was the, uh, was the quote we saw and CJ Stroud or Bryce Young would be the dream, uh, was a quote we saw from, uh, the Atlanta Falcons attributed to them anyway. So I've got this seven rounds, Atlanta Falcons, and we'll hit enter draft on that. We are sitting there at eight. Leon Mapstone asks, did we make a trade yet to move up? No. And, and Leon, I think they're more likely to move down then move up, but we will, we will see. Let's go. Uh, if, if, and if Stroud, the little argument here, say, make you fumble and, and riot talking. If Stroud is there, take him, don't take him. If Stroud is there, trade out of eight and let someone else take him. See if you can get that deal that the Giants sent, got for uh, Justin Fields and get another first round pick and change out of it. That's what I'd be doing. You mentioned earlier that B. John was the most polarizing thing for the Falcons. I think quarterback is right there too. All right, see, we, we come through this. Bryce Young, Will Levis could go number two. Will Anderson, three. C.J. Stroud, four. Tyree Wilson, five. See, when I change it to the public board, it's it's more of a, a, a consensus. consensus. Hmm. Uh, Anthony Richardson goes seven. All these are good things for the Falcons. When all four quarterbacks go that early, the Falcons are going to have a lot of choices. Yeah. When I'm looking at this board and I see Jalen Carter there, as far as... I didn't sit down and interview him. I don't have the resources to do the background checks and the PI, and I would have spent $250,000 with a private investigator if I'm the NFL on this guy. Yeah. I don't have all that. What I do know is he's a destroyer on the defensive line, and this is the direction I would absolutely go. But th this is we, – we, we don't always get the ideal scenarios when we do this. This is an ideal scenario for the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Everybody goes quarterback crazy. Four quarterbacks go in the top seven, and the Falcons have their choice of several premium players. If I've got these choices, there is no way you're getting me out of eight. Yeah, Jalen Carter. I mean, never say no way because somebody could offer I know, something. Yeah, I know. Never say never, but I, this is a scenario where I don't want to come out of eight. Yeah, and if this is one of those ones where something going on with Carter's or even more that we don't know about in, in if this really did play out this way. But in this scenario, I agree with you. We don't have all the information. What we can trust is what we see on the field. And Carter is a special talent. He stood out in a team that was just covered with first round picks on defense last year as the best player. Um, I think he compares very similarly to Chris Jones with his height profile and his ability to knife into the backfield. Very powerful. Uh, Falcons have, I mean, you have Calais Campbell here. You have a really good core of defensive leaders on the, especially on that defensive front. I think this is worth the uh, worth the risk here. You have a chance to get the best player in the entire draft at a very valuable position, and I would make the pick. Yeah, I would call this a dream scenario for the Atlanta Falcons, and we'll be here tonight to count them down to see if this happens. But uh, again, the five guys I mentioned, I would say Jalen Carter, Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez are still there. I'm going Jalen Carter. And... um and Ryan Adonis says, I think Carter fits in the Vic Beasley mold that Thomas Dimitrov ripped apart in a podcast yesterday. And and uh, Dimitrov was saying that they they thought that they knew that Beasley's heart wasn't necessarily in it, but they thought that when he got to the NFL, it would be. And he was such a talent that he was worth taking. That was what Dimitrov said. 
Um, as much crap as I've given Thomas Dimitrov, he did okay on his drafts. It was his roster management that was so bad. Uh, so bad. And I, by meaning that, I mean the balance of the roster across offense, defense, and then the the managing of the salary cap were FF. He was okay in um, in the in, in the in the drafting for the most part. Like I said, yeah. when I start getting it for the players, a lot of the players he took were pretty good, but the balance of the roster was just god awful, and the yeah. the uh, the salary cap management was even worse. Um, again, I, I would think Jalen Carter would probably be a little polarizing on this, but um, I'd be pretty. It's a risk worth taking for me. All right, we're on the clock now here again. Jameer Gibbs goes right before the one that hurts. They went right before is Deontay Banks. Um, man, he's he's almost good enough that you consider trading up there uh, if he starts to slide. But that's uh, a good cornerback class. You still have some good options available. Where are you thinking here? Um, interesting. Deontay Banks is going into the first round in Daniel Jeremiah's mock two, the Baltimore Ravens. Super speedy, super physical. You know, I, I picture Lucas Van Ness following falling to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens. You know. He's missing something. He doesn't have all the experience, but my God, he's six foot five, 275 pounds running in the four fives. Oh, he's a Raven. Yeah, he's a Baltimore Raven. Um, yeah. Jason with a good question here. I keep hearing best player available at nauseum, but what if the best player is available is in a scheme fit? Is the thought that athletic talent trumps the scheme? Um, if they are talented enough, they should be somewhat scheme transcendent, and it's up to your GM and coach to figure out what's the best fit there. However, best player available is subjective and it depends on your board. So if a player doesn't fit your scheme, guess what? He's not going to be your best available because it depends on what you're looking for. I've started calling it best prospect available because it's it sounds less prospect leaves doubt into what they might become in the future. Best player makes it sound like definite, like he is the best player available. Mm -hmm. Says who? And I was proud of Arthur Smith, not that he cares. But he did use the word subjective yesterday when talking about it. It lets us take the, the, the subjective best player available, the, the, the way they've built the roster. says it lets us do that, the subjective. Because like I've said, the idea that you're going to get the best player available is a myth because whoever you take, someone behind you is going to be better. It's, just, it's, it's almost pure mathematics. Very rarely does someone get the guy and said, yes, they got the best player available there's another 300 guys that are going to get drafted Man. pretty good chance. Whoever you take at 44 isn't going to be the best of those next 200 players that are going to be on the board. So it's um, it is again. And what Nick said was at the level of what we're talking about in the top 10 scheme shouldn't matter. It shouldn't cool. matter. It's a, it's an athlete's game and six foot five, 290, 300 pounds of Jalen Carter plays in any scheme. Um, yep. the wide receiver plays in any scheme, a good corner, any scheme, a good quarterback, any scheme, it doesn't matter. So at that level scheme, scheme doesn't really matter. And as, and one more thing before we move on and we'll, we'll go through this. A general manager isn't worried as much about schemes because schemes change mm -hmm. constantly. Your offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators are rotating out every two years. And if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, you're lucky to see a, a, a head coach for four years. So as a GM, you don't look at schemes, you look at talent. So that is, that's a great question. Um, where am I thinking here? I'm thinking plug and play left guard and Steve Avila is, is what I'm looking at. I could also be real happy with Sam Laporta as another tight end. Um, I could put a lot of heat. Ooh, I could put a lot of heat on Drew Dahlman right there with John Michael Schmitz too. 
Avila's a better center prospect. Even, well, there you go. My, you know, because I know he can play left guard and I know he can play center. I'm going Steve Avila. Can you scroll down just a little bit? I know we don't, sure. we're really up on time here. Um, DJ Turner is really interesting here for me as well. If you're looking for a cornerback, it, I've heard. Oh, you got Ade Ade. I mean, come on, Scott. You need some size up front to potential three tech. Oh, you just took Jalen Carter. Just took Jalen Carter. I mean, he's a different kind of pass rusher, but maybe that's still a little bit redundant. I think, but, I, but we all we both love Steve Avila. We love the flexibility, and there's a big gaping hole at left guard. I'd have no issue with Avila here. I think Felix uh, Aduma is interesting as well. Um, Zoma, and but he's a little bit more classic four three. So one of the morons on Facebook yesterday that I don't recognize asked me, "Why would you trade thirteen for eight? I'm like, because I got. A second, too. I, I got yeah. Ade Ade and Keanu Benton and and <laughs> and Bijan Robinson yeah. or Nolan Smith or one of yeah. these guys. That's why I would love to have two picks in the 40s. Love yeah. it. The I think we can go with Steve Avila here, but I will say that um I think DJ Turner is extremely interesting. Um fastest player in the entire combine, uh plays like a shot out of a cannon, you know, very physical player. I think he's Super interesting, but I love Steve Avila. He might be my there's, favorite There's player. so many good options here in the 40s. I would absolutely love to move down. I'm going Steve Avila because I need someone that can I can count on at guard and center. Again, I feel okay with Dahlman going into his third year. I don't feel very good about Matt Hennessy and, and uh, Jalen Mayfield at left guard. I don't. And your options that you would have now, Dalton Reisner, no thank you. I'd rather have Hennessy and, and Mayfield. So the, the free agent market has dried up to a certain extent. We're on the clock, uh, we're on the clock at 75. Pretty good tight end there. Pretty good wide receiver there. I know y'all have been high on Marvin Mims, and you could absolutely mm. use a uh, another wide receiver, a, a number two wide receiver. Marvin Mims fits the bill there. I'm guessing Jonathan Mingo went. Yeah, he went 62, 60. Like they needed, like they need more weapons in Cincinnati. There's some talk of T Higgins being traded. So okay. interesting that they might move on from him. Uh, Tyler Scott's interesting here. Tank Bigsby. Um, you want a running back? Well, he's a really interesting one as well. I like my uh, running back at 110, 113. You can. Yep. I don't think Bigsby would be there. And I know a lot of, actually, it sounds like a lot of people really like him. Um, but uh, yeah, I think right now the guys who stand out for me are Mims and Tucker Craft. I mean, you're looking for a wide receiver. I think this is a good spot for it. I saw Tyler Scott was available a little bit later on as well. Um, I think either of those would be great picks. I need a wide receiver. I mean, I could use an edge, but none of the edges are, you know, blowing the wind up my skirt. One thing I love about Mims is that despite his size and he'll never, you know, be incredible at it, but he gets out there and he competes as a, a blocker. He's not just going to try to duck somebody when he's tasked to block. He might get, you know, <laughs> blown up sometimes, but at least he has the heart to go out there he's, and do it. He's he 21 years old. He's on the younger side too. I think he's the all-time pass catcher or receiving yards record holder for Texas high school football. Also, I mean, that's a lot of good players out there uh, for Texas for a number of years. Here's your running backs. I mean, God, I think Bigsby would be awesome here. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Corey Trice as your corner. Uh, we, we've Trice. leaned heavy into the offense now, but they spent so much money on defense that they might build their offense through the draft. Yeah. Um, getting another running back. Good options here. Uh, I really oh. like Carl Brooks. Carl Brooks is still. I really available. like Roshan Johnson. I like Roshan Johnson maybe a little bit better than Bigsby. Than than Bigsby. I think it's close. Um, well, with this because you have a pick coming up right here, and I like three running backs. I am between Corey Trice and Nick Saldaveri. I think Nick Saldaveri. This is a cheat. I think he's going to go somewhere in the top eighty. 
Um, and he's a very good player. Also, Luke Schoonmaker is really interesting as well. I know how much uh, the Falcons love tight ends, and he's one of the more slept on tight ends right now in this class. So I'd have no issue with any of them. Uh, Corey Trice, if you're looking to play like almost a pure press kind of coverage, I don't I, I'd like off. another running back that I have control over for more than one year. Yeah, I bet you had picked one. Oh, you mean corner? Yeah, corner. So, yeah, I'd probably, I probably I didn't hear. I'm like, I just heard me say something else, but I meant yeah. cornerback. Well, let's go Corey Trice then. He's a good player. Um, some injury concern there, but a very fun one. And running and back. Here's a chance where <clears throat> I really like Carl Brooks. I can go Roshan Johnson. I can go Tank again here too. I think Tank's going to go before Roshan Johnson. Um, I think he's a really good fit here for this. Uh, he's he's squat, um, which I have no issue with. I also think he can be a banger between the two. And here I always grab John Gaines, super athletic. Um, and we're just trying to, you know what? I'm going to grab Stetson Bennett for the hell of it. We're in the seventh round. <laughs> and then one more guy. Anybody here, just say it and I'll grab him. We're I know some people like Wit a lot. Um, if you scroll up, uh, the tackle there from, I think, Northern Michigan. Some people are like, oh, he's a really good sleeper. Got some tools there. I think he's got good size. Somebody who maybe he's practice squad early on. Um, but uh, he's one, you know how it's weird. Like these tiny schools have these, uh, offensive linemen that nobody's heard of. And then like all of a sudden they develop into these dudes, but you got bigger, you got faster, you got stronger up front. Uh, this is a, this is a fun one. Yeah. If Jalen Carter falls, I think he'd be a, a very interesting pick for the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Falcons are in a position where if they miss on their first round or shoot, the Falcons usually miss on the first. God, I went back and through, I might do an article on that after the draft. I went back and looked through the first rounders for the history of this franchise. It's bleak, man. It's, it's bleak. Uh, it's gotten a lot better recently as uh, you know more information has become available and they've poured more resources into the draft. Uh, but the the beginning of this franchise, there is a reason why this was a bottom three franchise for years and years and years. Um, absolutely ideal situation in the first round with several players that you like falling to eight. If they're not there, I want to trade back. But I would absolutely want Jalen Carter. Uh, Steve Avila starts at left guard. And if Jalen Mayfield turns into the second coming in his third season in the NFL, Avila's putting pressure on Dalman at center. That's a good mm -hmm. thing. He uh, he's a, also you know God forbid anything happens to Chris Lindstrom, but he he's a he's a really good player, plug and play. For me, I'd write him in as a starter immediately. The Falcons absolutely need a number two wide receiver, and Marvin Mims fits the bill. He brings a little bit something different to the team that that nobody else does. Uh, Corey Trice cornerback yes please you've got aj terrell then you've got a bunch of guys on one-year deals um, and just real quick jake witt like i love those deep sleepers a six seven 300 pounds 33 and a half arm length so not maybe incredible length at the position given his height could probably put on a little bit more mass but northern michigan but his testing was otherworldly um 40 yard dash 489 at that size 10 yard split 171 uh 99th percentile in both vertical and broad jump and then 80th and 92nd percentile in shuttle and three cones. So he's got some work to do, but uh, he's somebody that there's a little bit of back end, like, oh, if you're looking for a deep sleeper at tackle, Jake Witt's a guy. I think all five of these guys are playing early and often uh, and contributing to a team that should be in the playoff hunt next year. Um, John yeah. Keynes is an athletic testing phenomenon who has underachieved seventh round. I don't mind. No, I don't mind that. Uh, Stetson prospect. Bennett, we know Stetson Bennett. We just went through Jake Witt. So this would be a very interesting, interesting first uh, draft for the Atlanta Falcons. And tonight, 
We will see who they do take in the first round, assuming they stay in it and don't trade out of the first round. I wouldn't expect that. Uh, but we will be on, we'll be here tonight. So come back and see us eight o'clock on these channels uh, that you're watching on now. And we'll be back at eight. Nick and I will be here for the top 10 of the NFL draft. We're going to hop over right now to Mile High Huddle and talk Broncos and Broncos for breakfast. Appreciate everybody being here. This was a bonus episode of the Falcons podcast, and we will be back tonight for another bonus, and we will be back tomorrow morning to wrap up the first day in, a, in an instant, in a gut reaction. Everybody, I hope you're as excited as I am. I hope you can tell I'm ready, ready to get to the draft tonight. And thanks, everyone, for being here. Hit that like and subscribe on the way out. Share it with a friend. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about us. Uh, on that note, we will see you tonight. <laughs>